1: Homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the podcast of champions.
2: I'm
1: David Woods from Bruin Report Online.
3: And here he goes,
2: Miles down. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com.
1: Liner gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC. We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. It's week one. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on
2: the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. We got 12 games lined up for week one. We got to recap what happened in week zero. But we're going to the meat of the schedule here. You know, week the one. thickness, the girth. That's where it all matters, yes. right? A few FCS teams, mm-hmm. bunch of road games for Pac-12 teams that probably shouldn't play in these teams on the road, but sure. we got some exciting games. We're recording this on Thursday uh morning, but we have games tonight in like six hours. We got kicking off Florida and Utah. We got Arizona State coming on tonight. We got so kicking off. We do. We got some kicking off happening. Right at the top of the show, I want to mention this before I get into anything else. We are doing our survival pool. If you want. So we're putting the link, if you're on our uh, YouTube channel, actually I might be able to put that link in there, but uh, I tweeted it out from the Pac-12 podcast uh, account. You need to put in your picks if you wanted to take either Utah or Arizona State. you got to get your picks in today before that game kicks off. Otherwise, you can pick uh, one of the 10 other teams. And if you don't get in today, you can't get in. This is a survivor pool. It's for the whole season. So what I like to say, David, you can't lose it. You can't win at week one, but you can lose it. And you can definitely lose it if you don't put your picks in. So we need everyone to get their picks in there. Um, can we do uh I think we can add the link. That's a great to the question chat. for me. Let me see that. Let me see if the link. Oh, yeah, here I'll put the link in there. Put the link, link in there. The link is there. in the chat. So if you're watching us, first of all, thank you. If you're watching us live on YouTube, uh, just really crush and uh, not smash, we're gonna go beyond smashing. No. Just crush the yeah. like button and that little that bell. S- signifies we're going live if your computer
1: monitor or phone or whatever doesn't have a crack in it after you hit that like button you're doing it wrong yeah you understand
2: but i put the link in there uh if you're watching live or if you're listening just get in there because some people might want to pick either utah or arizona state i'm not gonna tell you which one um for the survival pool uh and we'll do our picks and stuff later we can uh all the stuff, is the same email as Pactful Podcast at gmail.com. We have four voicemails today, uh, including the Zodiac Killer. We'll get to all those. 424 532 678 is the number. You can tweet us at Pactful Podcast. And the website is PactfulPodcast.com. I think we're still on Reddit, but I don't really look at that. Apple Podcasts. Uh, do we have any new reviews, David? We do have two new reviews. Oh, let us do them. one. Is from yet
1: another Duck fan. It's a five star review. Uh-huh. This podcast now is fine. This is a five-star podcast. Are they good at knowing football? Not really. My friend at work who drinks a little too much has better takes on pretty much everything. Are they the best at podcasting? No, they don't know how to work their soundbird, soundboard, <laughs> can barely read their native language, and could probably use an intern to help the olds with the internet. They're great because they do it every week, most of the time. They don't take themselves too seriously, and they have a great time. I could listen to these two talk about presidents, princesses, or even college football. Good job, guys, and can't wait to listen to you in this next hellscape stage of college football. Then West Texas Mike, five-star review. Labor of love. For Ryan Abraham, POC is a labor of love. Editor's note, this was written before POC gained monetized ads on Monday and Ryan started dunking on listeners. (laughs) You know how someone says, I'd pay to be able to do that for a living? That's Ryan. You can see it in that beaming smile he exudes at the start of every episode. You can hear it in his out-of-breath, incoherent, childlike stories. His random, out-of-left-field hypothetical questions. What if a hurricane and an earthquake hit Southern California at the same time? What if the Pac-12 were down to, like, Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal? What if USC left to go and play in the Big Ten? That'd be so awesome. Sometimes you almost want to say... Why are you bothering me? Go outside and play with your volleyball. And if Ryan is the kid, then David David is the wisened stepdad. All he wants to do is raise the kid right, give him an accurate lesson on history, teach him how ruthless the world really is, and then at the end of a long Saturday, pour himself a couple fingers of whiskey, enjoy a ridiculous 32-point comeback finish to a late-night football game between two West Coast football afterthoughts only seven other people in the world are watching, and then turn in, maybe honk a boob, and get a good night's sleep. Mm. What more could you ask for from this duo? West Texas Mike.
2: Hey, thanks West Texas, Mike, for the review and the, all the reviews there. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, we got a lot to get to. Uh, and it's probably going to be a long show because we've got to preview like 12 games. But before we jump into that, I want to talk about my bookie because speaking of those preview games, David, I smashed a lot of bets going into week one. So uh, football's back and I'm so excited. It's winning season over at my bookie. Uh, NFL, college football, of course, Pac-12 football, brand new cash out system gives you options to bet and win all season long. The first two legs of your parlay hit, you could cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Use early checkout as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag. Register now for an account. If you don't have one, it's registered for free. And when you make your first deposit, if you use the promo code PAC-12, you'll grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code PAC-12 to claim your bonus. And for a limited time, free chip use uh, in the mybookie.com casino or mybookie.ag casino. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at mybookie. And I got clarification, David. So the promo code's is PAC-12, right? Limited shelf life on that. We are locked in. If we keep going, whatever we do this podcast on, if we start talking about saving the uh, you know Amazon Rainforest, we can still use promo code PAC-12. Hell yeah, baby. Going forward. Hell yeah. So, yeah, go over there. But I did put a lot of bets in this week. Some over-unders. Uh, should be fun.
1: That's going to be great. Yeah, you need to, uh, to make up for uh, your early failure here yes with the the first week what is uh, the record uh in our picks so far this year it's hard to keep track it's at you're
2: 1-0 I'm 0-1 oh you typically even when the, you know I've destroyed you a bunch of years usually the first couple of weeks you do better than me like mm-hmm. it's just but then like I'll oh, come on now the weeks you the the years you I think you've won twice um out of like the eight years or something that's when i just don't come back from the early but i usually i'm down a bunch of games from the first couple of weeks uh yeah. all the out of conference games you always do better out of conference and then i usually beat you in the other stuff but uh yeah so it should be a lot of fun right um all right well i guess we have to start off with uh we're recapping our first game right so i guess it starts off with pack 12 roundup All the games from week zero. Oh, we have some little newsy stuff, too. Do you want to – should we do that? This is a mess, but yes, please. It's a mess. I'm all over the place. Uh, We also haven't done our power rankings. Oh, crap. Yeah. We should do that live on the air? Yeah, we should. Okay. Um, We can yeah definitely do that. So let's just do these kind of quickly. College football playoff meetings uh, were yesterday. So funny. So some of the reporters were down there in Dallas. George Kleofkoff was actually there. Uh, Ross Dellinger does a great job. He switched over to Yahoo now. He said they were trying to catch him. He was like running out the, you know, up the stairs, like when he left the meeting. Got to go catch a flight, which is what um, Rick George said when he was leaving uh, Pac 12 Media Day. So it was a little shot at that. Um, but apparently, in the meetings, they didn't make any decisions to change 2024 and 2025. As of 2026, there's no anything. So the playoff could just be I mean, they, they got to renegotiate everything. It might be like a, NFL model where Fox and ESPN and Apple, everybody's involved. We'll see. But it looks like it's likely that they go down from six um, automatic qualifiers to five and then seven at-larges, depending on what happens with the Pac-12. They basically like, we can't make any decisions yet because there's a, there's one of the power conferences that we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but it was funny that Klyovkov was there, so I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. Do you care about that? No. God, no. Really? Yeah. Um, are you, I want to there's a lot of people really upset about this um, Arizona State you know in this new era where the NCAA says you know what we're not going to do anymore is like bowl bans like three years after the violations happened because now you're you're punishing kids that you know weren't having to do with this whatever the scandal was so what does Arizona State do they give themselves a bowl ban uh,
1: there's many levels to this yeah uh, first they could have done this last year they didn't uh, right they could have actually punished you know the staff and you know team that had performed the violations they didn't uh they could have done what tennessee did which was a series of monetary fines and recruiting restrictions they also didn't do that Mm. uh and instead they uh and they didn't announce this in april when they probably knew they were going to do this when kids could have transferred Correct. or anything yeah. no instead of doing any of that they waited till basically a week before the season starts to drop this bombshell on uh the, you know this team i mean dillingham had it written in his contract so i find his reaction kind of disingenuous because he probably knew something like this was coming uh but i for- don't think he's disingenuous man he's always fiery uh so and you don't I, like that man. i will say i find the fieriness also a little disingenuous it feels really? like somebody play acting as a head coach he's to me. like he's 33 you don't behave like that at 33 i mean
2: he's a head coach for the very first time like, i I think it's genuine no uh
1: but okay. but he's he's you know he's got the the that fiery demeanor and he was super pissed off and that video from cartman which is great uh went pretty viral. But uh, I feel bad for the players because they they didn't have this written into any contracts that they signed. I mean, Dillingham has it in there that he gets a a raise for any years that they are penalized by the NCAA. He had to know something might come because otherwise, why would he have that written in his contract? Yeah, but the players don't. I mean, it sucks for them. It's horrible. Um, So anyway, Ray Anderson uh, should continue to have been fired about five years ago, but uh, should
2: be fired now. Yeah, and just just in case, if you guys are watching on uh, YouTube, either live or uh, replay, um, up on the screen right now is Coop. Uh, the ASU fan sent us this on Twitter. There was two two different vans that looked like they were wrapped, but if you're if you're just listening, it basically has Smokey the Bear with the ASU hat on, and it says, "Only you can save ASU athletics." FireRayAnderson dot com. So. Uh, they do not want Ray Anderson to continue to be the athletic director at ASU. He should have never been hired to be the athletic director at ASU. He shouldn't be allowed to hire his former client. And Herm Edwards shouldn't have been allowed to make a second hire, even if it looks like uh, it's a good one. I mean, like two years into Herm Edwards being on staff before Herm was fired, Ray should have been fired. Um, yeah. So wherever that's where we're at. Uh, but yeah, that was that was. Uh, thanks for sending that photo over there. Uh, that was kind of interesting, but just sucks uh, for the players, and you know who knows how it's going to impact, you know them going forward. Um, but hopefully they can, you know, it would be really a disappointment if this is a six and six team, and uh, they don't end up going to a bowl game. So yeah, uh, Ernest, Ernesto says Smokey the Sun Devil, lol. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And there yeah, so there was a couple of vans that just say Fire Ray Anderson. I think they're probably driving around scottsdale or tempe or wherever and uh checking out the scenery and people probably hawking and saying yes we should do that all right so should we just use my power rankings since i did them uh okay what did you yeah what are your power so mine rankings? are
1: semi-joking so we have to figure out where to put usc because i've got usc's defense at a different place in the power rankings <laughs> okay than well USC's then we're offense. not
2: using yours if we do so
1: it. we can put usc i think the combination of the two let's put them
2: number two all right who do you want one i want washington number one okay washington one usc two oregon three okay Utah, four. Hold on a second. Jesus. O- Oregon, three. Utah, four. Okay. Oregon State,
1: five. All right. UCLA, six. Got that. Seven for Arizona. So yeah, Arizona, okay. Washington State, eight. All right. Colorado, nine. ASU, ten. Okay, hold on. Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is okay. great podcasting.
2: Hey, you know... Uh you have ASU 10? I got ASU 10. You got Cal 11? I got Cal 11 and Stanford 12. All right. I like it. So we both, I picked USC to win the conference. I mean, but we'll we'll wait and see, you know, what this weekend looks like. Washington plays Boise State, USC. Well, it's clear, I think, from week one uh, that even if we had USC number one,
1: they still have a lot of talent deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. Alex Grinch doesn't have a lot to work with there, <laughs> so um, I think we just got, we just got to yeah. drop
2: them a, a level. I, for I love that. that we have to find now something.
1: if if Grinch if Grinch I think can work some of his magic and you know he's got it in him yeah. uh, from his many years as a successful defensive coordinator at the highest level of the sport. Uh, maybe we can have them back up at number one, but for now it's just you know it's it's obvious that you know Bear Alexander wasn't quite enough um you know all the changes at linebacker all the changes Anthony Luke is not quite enough to make up for you know I mean let's just call it what it is the devastating effect of sanctions uh still on the USC's uh, talent acquisition on the defensive side of the ball
2: EVS says of course you picked SC to win the conference Ryan no I pick I pick them when I think they're going to win I've Go go listen to all the Clay Hilton years of this podcast. I wasn't picking USC to do anything. Well, when you've got, I mean, when you've got a staff that includes Lincoln Riley
1: on the offensive side of the ball and Alex Grinch on the defensive side of the ball, how can you and not Cliff pick Kingsbury. How can you not pick them and the best player in the sport to not only win the conference,
2: yeah, but win the national championship? Yeah, I don't pick that. Like people got mad at me because I'm like, are they a national championship contender? I'm like, no, but like they could, they could be a playoff contender. They could make obviously, a obviously. I mean, uh, again, you've got Alex Grinch right, what more could you want? you're really grasping its draws on this one just try to <laughs> this but all right, we gotta recap our first game week zero u s c trojan they were hosting San Jose state the Spartans mighty san jose state uh u s c
1: won the football game by a considerable margin i will I will add uh fifty six to twenty eight yeah that's a four touchdown victory It was. That's pretty impressive. But the spread was four touchdowns and a field ah, goal. Ah, and who? Which one of us picked? You the cur- picked. The, ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So
2: um, this game, uh, they were winning by thirty-five in the late in the fourth quarter, but did not hold on to that.
1: Uh, yeah. So um, here's what I would say about this game: is if you didn't hear anything about USC's off uh, season acquisitions on the defensive side of the ball, this would uh, completely like be a completely coherent follow-up to last season. A decent group of five team that has a decent quarterback situation, being able to score some points on USC totally makes sense. And USC's offense being unstoppable totally makes sense. But knowing what USC acquired on the defensive side of the ball, knowing they did get Bear Alexander, they did get Anthony Lucas, they upgraded at linebacker, they did a variety of different things. To give up 28 points to San Jose State is, I think, reason for legitimate concern. And the way they did it... Given up a third and twenty-two with just a horrendous play call. Terrible, just an absolutely horrendous play call. But then allowing like what was uh, (laughs) what was a pretty slow running back to just kind of motor through the the entire defense several times. Um, You know, it wasn't a ton of missed tackles. I think there were like six in the game. Uh, But you know, I think if you were eyeballing any kind of talent deficiency, I would say they looked a little light. I know they're bigger than last year. They still look a little light to me in the front seven uh generally especially when you look at those linebackers um and the linebackers are not like uber athletes so maybe that's a concern um and then you know corner maybe to an extent but really it's you know not not being facetious anymore uh that's a that's a coordinator issue man
2: no i think the play calling there was de- like he can get a little too cute when you have better players You do this I'm curious to see. I would say overall, though, looking at the front seven, they rotated guys. It was like a scrimmage. You know, they they played a whole bunch of different dudes. The, Caleb Williams, you have your Heisman Trophy winner. Four of the three of the first four drives, he had a different offensive line. And It wasn't just like one guy switching out. They they pretty much looked at this as a okay, let's just tr- it's like a tryout. Like there was they were doing tryouts for different guys. Um, I would say, and there's a lot of USC fans that are really upset. And I you know I think. Yeah, if they struggle on defense for the rest of the year, it's uh, you know the the coordinator has to go. But I would say the talent is does look a lot better. They did tackle better, and Sheva Cordero, Sh- Cordero, I think he's a a good quarterback. Like he's fast. He's a sixth year guy. It's like when you get a you know a experienced point guard in an NCAA tournament, and they just make a run. Like the team's not that good, but you're know, having that fifth year point guard sometimes that helps a lot. So it'll be curious to see what they, he does this week against Oregon State. Like, if Oregon State just shuts them down, I think that's where you could look at USC's defense and go, that's a problem. Because I don't think you're going to learn a lot this week when USC plays Nevada because they're awful. But uh, I'm still like, yeah, I think there was stuff to be left to be desired. Their secondary actually is a lot deeper, and I thought they didn't play that well. All the guys had a penalty. But I think the front seven, they just look a lot just you know faster bigger you know they're not i think they're still a little undersized but like bear alexander and and anthony lucas were both starting in the game and you know lucas made a good stop on his very first play so i you know i think usc fans are like jumping off buildings i still think there's you know a chance they don't need to be great on defense they just have to be better i think they're better than what they were but giving up 28 to san jose state's not great but San Jose State, I mean, that was the Mountain West preseason player of the year. You know, like he, Cordero's a good quarterback. Um, so I don't know, but they, you can't give up a touchdown right before half. You can't allow a third and 22. Like that's the same kind of crap that was happening last year. Um, but yeah, and you know. that's, and that's kind of what my whole
1: point is that it's, um, it, 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 it lines up with last year uh, much more than I think uh, I was expecting the defense to be uh, from the jump pretty damn good actually um i was picking the 31 but i was picking it because i figured oh the offense might take a few minutes you know might take a little while to get going and so it might be i wasn't expecting usc to score 56 my point is um but i was expecting them to shut down san jose state a little bit better yeah they didn't and really. they didn't at all um but anyway i mean on the positive side uh even with the offensive line you know kind of just being uh, a turnstile to figure out who's gonna you know be their main guys for the rest of the season Caleb Williams is great I mean that that play where he where there was the fumble um San Jose State dribbled the the yeah no and and it's like oh wow this is gonna be a big negative play and then he just he literally just picks up the ball and just chucks it downfield and yeah it was aided by the San Jose State DB just you know getting his eyes completely lost in the backfield on the fumble uh but still I mean that's incredible and then um this is a hard one for me because uh, whenever I see one of these guys emerge for USC, it's just it usually means dark portendings for uh, UCLA.
2: But this is Zachari- when you're like the whole like recruiting actually matters. Yeah, part. you're like oh maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't. Oh, Zachariah Branch
1: is the latest in a long line of guys who's just gonna be a friggin nightmare, like an absolute nightmare, like. Uh, the, the kick returning of like an Adoree Jackson, but you know, he looks like a game breaker wide receiver too, like a Marquise Lee, like, and he's not the same player. He's not as big, but good God, man. That, that's not what he's doing. What he's did in game one is not fair. Like that's not playing the same sport as everyone else. And he should be forced into a different league. Maybe the NFL within a couple of years.
2: We cover recruiting a lot. And then sometimes you're just like, Oh, you know, there's a guy like Corey Foreman and you're like, okay, he's just never really done that much. And you see like Zachariah branch and I've you know covered him in high school. I've gone to Bishop Gorman. I've covered him in Hawaii. And you're like, this dude's like a freak. And he's like, he looks like he's a junior in college so it's nice when it actually happens. And, like, you know, I don't know how much they're going to play him or whatever. They're, like, using him in the offense right away. He catches a touchdown. And it's just sort of one of those things where, like, a lot of people compare him to, like, Reggie Bush or, like, Tyreek Hill. He's a different size. He's not as big as Reggie. But he's built. Like, he's shorter. He's built. Um, I'd actually yeah, go more like a Deshaun Jackson almost. A little bit, yeah. He was kind of slight, though, I think. And, like, you know, Adoree was kind of slight. There's a thicker – like, he's a, there's a thickness to him. Yeah but at his kickoff return the 96 yarder to jo- like the the it's like athletic confidence when you see him just sort of slowly going towards the line you know watching and then go yeah. and to be able to go this way and turn i think the the stop and turn like reggie could do there was a lot of that where you can like not lose any like if we're going this way we have to go this way yeah it's good. it's like a turning of now you know, the good a news. Ship. The, the good, good news, news is, is it like on a dime.
1: if he is the next Reggie Bush, there's really good news there for UCLA fans because that means UCLA is going to have a better version of him their entire current concurrent careers. How
2: is Maurice Drew better than like <laughs> Reggie Bush? Linda White scored fifty two touchdowns. If you
1: stuck Maurice Drew on those USC offenses, they never would have lost a single game.
2: Really, you think so? Yeah, Here's absolutely. A, all right. Uh, well, anyway, that's that's. Uh, the week, week, uh, week zero. Are you a big fan of, or you think that like week playing a game? Because like right now, Stanford's going to play. We're we going to talk about Stanford playing Hawaii. Hawaii's already played. Um, USC's already played. Oregon State's playing San Jose State. They've already played. Like having a game under your belt. I kind of you know Lincoln Riley talked about today where it's their second game in a row. You don't have any tape on the opponent, but I think it's much better to be having played already. You know, like so like Oregon State going to San Jose State. San Jose State, that might be a disadvantage just because San Jose State's already played.
1: I mean, I think it depends. I mean, if you can get out of that first game healthy and you are more of the – and I think for USC it makes a lot more sense because their offense is such like a you know, finely oiled machine. We're just going to do what we do. We're not really – Lincoln Riley's not sitting around saying, oh, gosh, they run this sort of defense. So we got, yeah. no, I'm running my system and you guys can go to hell. <laughs> uh, if you're that kind of offense, if you're that kind of coaching staff, then it totally makes sense. You want to play as many games as possible and get in a rhythm. If you're one of those, I would say more like we're going to fit this key in this particular lock and turn it the right way, like a Chip Kelly, uh, you want film. Yeah. Uh, and so these opening games these it, it takes a while to get into a rhythm of the game planning part um and I think that's you don't necessarily want more versions of the same kind of opener uh if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no it does. Um all right, well let's get into our Pac 12 roundup. It's not really a roundup. Do we do roundup before the picks? There was only no I think that's for just Dude. the games. Uh, yeah. It's been a while. We haven't done this for a so while. So we, uh, we do our
1: previews, our game previews. We do them about now.
2: We're going to do the previews, but I wasn't sure if we do – do I play plac- – twelve Roundup? No, we
1: do that when we're recapping games. Okay. So, but we didn't do that because we just were picking our power rankings as we were going. I did so, play Lepactov Roundup
2: before we did the USC game, I think.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Uh, look, it's, we're all feeling things out. No, I don't this need is to do it It's the beginning again. part of the season. Um, You know. And we're doing this live, like on YouTube for the first time. Yeah. We, we didn't do it last year for this, right? Yeah, we did. Do we? Yeah, we started live last year around this time.
2: Okay. Yeah. I don't even remember. Who but knows? now we're over, now we're over a thousand, uh, we got like thirteen hundred subscribers on our YouTube channel. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I think we have we have like eighty five people watching us live right now. Eighty five people at eleven twenty six on the West Coast on a uh, on a Thursday have nothing better to do than listen to us talk about Pac twelve football. You know what else is happening on a Thursday? What? Some football, baby. We got some football, baby. Uh, love it. Let's get to our picks. Uh, first up, we've got Utah Utes. <laughs>
1: taking on the florida gators uh, go gators do that thing. um that i think i've said this before on the show but that haunts my dreams from the 2007 and 2006 final fours oh yeah uh, when did uh, you still like, win any of those or no. No, oh, no, no, no. no 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 they got their asses blasted no. do you, like, by wake florida up twice in a sweat like okay. yeah yeah occasionally uh cursing ben helen's name all right 5 p.m. on espn Tonight, Florida traveling to Salt Lake City to take on these two Utes. Uh, Utah is currently, what did I put in the doc? Let's just go by what the doc says. Uh, Utah's four and a half. Yeah, four and a half is fine. Uh, this says five, but let's just go with the four and a half. Yeah. Uh, Utah's a four and a half point favorite in Salt Lake City at Rice Eccles. The big news here is that Cam Rising is very unlikely to play. Who's that? Uh, their quarterback. Uh, he uh, for Florida uh, for <laughs> for Utah uh, and Come on, uh, Cam in his place. Pig Farmer Bryson Barnes uh, is more than likely to get the nod as the starting quarterback. Uh, Pig Farmer played last year, uh, played pretty well at times. Um, doesn't really matter. Utah's defense uh, will uh, I think still exists. Uh, and uh Rice-Eccles Stadium still exists, and it is still, I think, in Salt Lake. This will be the first time Florida has played a non-conference game outside of the state of Florida in 31 years. I was five years old, almost six, when they last stepped foot out of the state of Florida for a non-conference game. We're all going to find out why. Utah's going to cover. They could cover playing you at quarterback in this game. Wow. Maybe not me, but they could cover playing you
2: at quarterback. I could sling it. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Utes also. Uh, I like that it dropped. It was like six and a half or so or seven. And it, it dropped down with Cam Rising. I mean, there were some Utah fans that were that just wanted to move on from Cam Rising anyway. It's a little concerning though for the rest of the season. Um, I, I think Utah's sort of like a middle middle of the road SEC team. Utah should have beat them last year. Didn't I think they're going to come into Rice Eccles. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. Good test, great game tonight. I'm really excited to uh, to watch this one, but yeah, I'll take the Utes also uh, minus the four and a half. You know, I think they can win by seven, ten points, something like that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about uh, this Utah team. But you know, Kyle Winningham being a very uh, you know just be, there's some gamesmanship going on. Is, is Brent Keefe going to play? We're not sure. I mean, the fact that Cam's not playing in the first game and he looked. When we saw him packed off Media Day, he looked fine, right? It's not like, okay, well, he's not playing in week one, but he's going to be ready for week two. Like, for me, this is like, okay, when is he going to, like, this might be middle of the season. I don't know. But it's like, is it a week or two? Like, if you're not ready for Florida in week one, are you going to be ready for Southern Utah, whoever you're playing in week two? Uh, That's been my thing on him for a while is that he's probably going to be out a little while. uh, 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 Towards ACL in
1: January, right? Like, a football season passes very quickly. Yeah. Um and a month goes by very quickly. And if you're not ready for this game, well, uh, which game are you gonna get ready for? Conference play now? Like is that the next logical step? Yeah. I it mean, would be like a month from now. Are you really gonna probably. have your first game back be at Baylor? No. Yeah. So UCLA to open conference play? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a you know, this is this could be a situation where we're watching Bryson Barnes start like four or five games.
2: Um it's okay. So Baylor, and then uh, was it Wichita State? Thanks to uh, Andrew, by the way. We, Weber State. Weber, State, certainly sorry. Weber State, right? Sorry, Weber, probably. Wichita State plays basketball. Yeah, it's in Kansas. Uh, Andrew sent us his eye chart, uh, the schedule. It's on like on hard card stock too. Very cool. Yeah, it's really sweet. Uh, very nice. Thank you for doing. It. He sent me like a, a whole stack of them. So did he mail these to you? this He week? mailed them to me. Yeah, look at that. I didn't get it like showed up my house no cuz I he knows I take care of stuff so wow uh a lot of utah f- fans in the uh, chat but jim not utah fans but people are picking utah jim says utah going down tonight what it's going down jim's yelling timber um yeah, yeah. okay cool uh so we're going to do our picks against the spread if it's an fcs school we're not going to we're not going to pick right we'll just talk about the game a little no, bit
1: no 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 actually i have a line on the asu game now
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. All uh, right. So, uh, AS... So, well, hold on. Yeah. Do your thing. Well, you're, you're like jumping ahead. Look. You put no line in there if there's no yeah, line. Yeah, there wasn't, but now there is. All right. Next up. Arizona
3: State Sun Devils. <laughs>
1: All right. This is on at 7 p.m. I believe it's on the Ghost Network, Pac-12 Network. Yeah?
2: Uh, isn't this your job? I don't know, man. Is it? It is on... Pacto Network, yes. Okay. Uh,
1: Southern Utah, what are they? They are the Thunderbirds. lookies Lukies. The
3: Lukies.
1: Uh, Southern Utah Thunderbirds. That was loud. Was it? A little bit. Mm. Uh, 7 p.m., traveling to Tempe, Arizona, to take on uh, the embittered Arizona State Sun Devils, led by uh, the unhinged Kenny Dillingham, Denny Killingham, uh, they are thirty-one point favorites in this uh, FCS matchup. Um, that's a tough one for me because thir- thirty-one last week, I went uh, I went hard uh, on San Jose State, but this is an FCS school. Yeah, this is Denny Killingham,
2: freshman quarterback, freshman
1: quarterback Jaden Rashada. But are they going to want a conference co- confidence builder for Jaden Rashada? Are they going to throw it all over the place? But on the other hand, so we're now at, I think, three hands, uh, clock rules have changed. Uh, are are we going to get the high point totals, and are we going to hit those big spreads at the same rate that we used to? I'm going to go Southern Utah here. Um, I think it's going to be a comfortable blowout for Arizona State, but 31 points in this new world, this brave new world of clock rules, I'm just not comfortable with that.
2: All right, so last year, Southern Utah lost to utah seventy three to seven hmm but that was Utah
1: that was Utah this is a rebuilding ASU team that might be quite bad yeah
2: overall uh they were five and six two and three in conference um you know what you are not trusting uh Denny Killingham Ryan is super comfortable going down two games after today i am I am very comfortable. With Denny Killingham.
1: 31, it's going to be your uh, most hated number this year. 31? Yeah. He's,
2: he's exciting. Uh, Danny Killingham? Yeah. Mm. I think they're going to like... Very angry fella. Pile it on. Very angry. Angry? He seems very angry. All the you time. know, like when you get these situations where could have made a bowl game, now you can't. I feel like this is going to be one of those, all yeah, right.
1: He was getting angry after practices and stuff
2: just random he's practice a fiery dude it's rand it's like august 10th he's I'm 33 he wasn't even born during 9 11 i'm 33 I'm,
1: just <laughs> I'm a multimillionaire everything
2: is so bad it's pretty rough uh yeah give me the sun devils man i'm trying to like i'm going to be positive i think i did this like a couple years ago i was like just picking the pack 12 all over the place yeah and it did not go well no but this this year Probably uh, won't go well either, but I'm taking pack. <laughs> I'm going pack twelve, the final season.
1: Yeah, baby, let's do it. What are they? The Thunderbirds? Who knows? Screw those
2: Thunderbirds. Okay, those are our Thursday games. We got a Friday game: Stanford Cardinal
1: against the Hawaii
3: Warriors. I don't
1: mm-hmm. know what that was. Oh, Warriors? No. Uh, yeah, the, the... Yeah, yeah
3: Warriors. Come on. Yeah. Come on play. Yeah. Or whatever.
1: Whatever. Yeah. Uh 8 p.m. CBS Sports Network tomorrow, Friday. Stanford traveling to Hawaii, uh to Honolulu, uh, to take on The Uh Stanford is a three and a half point road favorite, which is insane. Uh I would take Hawaii favored by three and a half points. I will certainly take them as three and a half point dogs at home. Um I don't know anything about Hawaii's program. Literally nothing. I do know that Stanford is probably going to be playing some walk-ons, like some considerable snaps this year mm. I mean, that's that's almost certainly going to happen based on uh you know garbage in garbage out just counting the numbers um, and uh yeah, I think this is going to be a classic as Bill Connolly says, year zero for Stanford as they uh wipe the slate clean for uh, Troy Taylor's era there in Palo Alto. Troy Taylor, man, come on. Are you
2: picking Stanford to cover three Dude, and a half? Stanford, Hawaii like lost to Vanderbilt. Stanford's a like better version of Vanderbilt, right? They lost to Vanderbilt by seven on the road. Right. <laughs> this is at home in Hawaii. Well, it's a home game for Hawaii, but think about this. You know where Stanford's located, right? Uh huh. Is it Stanford or Palo Alto? Like it used to be Palo Alto. I think they na- renamed the town. Stanford. I don't they, care. They just bought it. I just call. Th-
1: them. I'm I'm old enough now that I just call things what I used to know them as. As Palo Alto. Okay. Yeah. So it's
2: Constantinople, not as It's pretty, pretty flight. <laughs> is a is a good you know it's five hour flight from you know it's easy if we're on the west coast like if you want to go to like Europe it's tough to get to Hawaii is not that bad you know where Hawaii is coming from freaking nashville that's a longer flight so stanford's got a shorter trip to get to the stadium i'm taking the cardinal i plus i think the zodiac killer might know where i live so i'm picking stanford in this one even though in the preseason i picked hawaii to win in our picks so just a week ago i picked hawaii to win are you outright. trying to put yourself in a huge hole no i'm just feeling it wow okay stanford jeez Louise. give me the cards the cardinal the Cards. You just called them the Cards. Yeah, they're the Cards. How long have we
1: been doing this show?
2: Good uh, God. Stanford Cards. The Trees. I'm taking Trees. Oh, my God. Uh, give me Stanford. So, I like this. All right. Next up, we've got, I think. Something. Colorado Buffalo.
1: The Fighting Dions are traveling to Fort Worth to take on TCU Horned Frogs. Ribbit. Ribbit. Yeah. Ribbit. Uh, TCU is ranked. They're number 17. Uh, this game's taking place at 9 a.m. on Big Fox. Uh, TCU in the dock, I have as a 20 and a half point favorite over uh, the Fighting Dions. Um, That's just too many points. Yeah, Give me Colorado. I think they're going to be exciting. Uh, I don't think they're going to win this football game. No. Uh, But I think they'll keep it close-ish and competitive-ish for long enough to cover the 20 and a half.
2: My gut says they're going to get creamed, but I'm taking Colorado. Dude, the talent composite just came out. Yeah. Uh, The 247 talent composite. They're like fifth in the league. Yeah. It's just there's a lot. I mean, I still feel they're going to have a bad year. But that's a lot of points. I think TCU is replacing a lot. They only got ten starters back. You know, Max Duggan was a huge part of what they they do. I, you know, they'll probably go on the road and lose by like fourteen, but twenty and yeah. Don't yeah. you feel
1: it should be Max Duggan? There's an you, extra G. You love there.
2: changing people's names,
1: but like Duggan's a name. Duggan, not so much.
2: Right? Yeah. Hold on. Um, Am I wrong? Maybe. Sound off in the chat. Uh, Pete Simpson says. Uh let me put it up here. Can you just mash uh one of the team buttons repeatedly? Uh feeling the hype. So we could do like Colorado Buffalo. Colorado Buffalo.
1: Can you start it over in the middle of it? No, it stops it. Ah, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it was a horny ribbit. Thank you, Brandon.
2: A horny ribbon. <laughs> Uh, EVS says, um, "Nope, Colorado gets creamed." Go with your gut, Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, oops, that was like the wrong one pulled up there. Jesus, there's a lot to do when you're like hosting the show and having to do everything because your partner doesn't do a whole lot of stuff. Wow, what are you?
1: What could you possibly be describing? Something like the Peristyle podcast? Certainly not this one. Yeah, that must be that. I'm over here carrying this thing on my shoulders. Holy crap! I'm tired. Uh,
2: all right, next Weep.
1: up, Oregon Ducks. <laughs> This is a Nooner on the Pac-12 Ooh, network. Uh, I like Nooners. <laughs> who doesn't? Uh, the Portland State Vikings. Uthred, son of Uthred. That was my impression of uh, the character from The Last Kingdom. Mm, don't even know what yeah, that is. Yeah, I should be an actor. Uh, Portland State traveling to number 15, Oregon. Uh, let me see if I can get a line on this right now. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, uh, there, there still isn't one. There yeah, still isn't one. So is one. We're not picking this. Like, this is a no-liner. Uh, Oregon will win. The, yes. the football game, uh, Bo Nix, bodacious, uh, which was plastered across all of the two four seven sites, uh, thanks Did, to some, the <laughs> Some great uh, uh, ad buying from uh, the University of Oregon. So we
2: we actually got paid by the University of Oregon. Yeah, it was kind of nice to like upset our subscribers. Yeah, they were they were mildly upset, but it just created more traffic, and we got more ads, and we got paid more. So and frankly, not... frankly, it was bodacious for us. So like we're like we're like on. Uh, The Nike Payroll now, it looks like. Yeah, we're doing well.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, also, speaking of, hey, hey, you, right there. Uh, If you are not currently a subscriber to one of the 247 sites, uh, currently running a 50% off deal for an annual subscription. So, that means you would get the entire season all the way through to the very, very start of next year's season uh, for, I think it's like 53 bucks for the entire year
2: yeah it's like four dollars and fifty cents a month which yeah, is like a cup 70. of coffee so uh if you haven't
1: already uh sign up now because um if you ever so you're crazy like obviously you're you're an insane person because you are like at 11 41 a.m watching and listening to this or you're listening to this in your free time which is somehow a little bit even crazier uh if you are doing that you would uh, be well-served subscribing to one of these sites for whatever the team is that you uh, prefer because uh, people go insane uh, collectively during games, after games, before games, for the entire week, for the months uh, surrounding the season on those message boards. So get in there.
2: Have some fun. That's uh, great. Yeah, we are got the promo going for a few more days. And uh, the Paramount Plus thing is really cool, too. If you want to just do the monthly, you, know, you can sign up and you'll get Paramount Plus right away. So the streaming service to get a free streaming service, it's basically, you know, I think it's a hundred dollars or something, one hundred twenty a year for Paramount Plus. You get half, you know, fifty bucks, you get half of it. You know, that's awesome. But um, you get Paramount Plus after the promo. But if you want to just do the monthly, you can sign up now and get Paramount Plus right away. So make sure you go check it out. Um, but anyway,
1: stuff. Oregon is going to beat Portland State. Yeah, that's about
2: all we have to say about that. Yeah, there's that's not not much else there. So I feel like
1: Oregon plays like two of these games a year, where it's like I. I like, there's too much going on concurrently that I'm not even going to watch that. So, I always don't have a good impression of Oregon until, like, week three.
2: It's tough. Like, a couple years ago, they go on the road and beat Ohio State, which was great. Last year, they go on the road and get, like, absolutely boat raced by Georgia. So, I mean, like, what did we learn from it? We thought, is Oregon really good after two years ago? And it's like, yeah, that's mixed bag. Last year, they end up being better than what they looked like in that first week against uh, Georgia. Right. But... You know, whatever. All right. Next up, this has got number one team in our power rankings.
3: Washington
1: Huskies.
3: All
1: right. Twelve thirty, ABC, the Boise State Broncos. That was my stampede. I don't know. Yeah. Was it good? That was pretty good. Okay. Uh taken on For you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh taking on uh the Washington Huskies. Uh Washington, this is in Seattle at Husky Stadium beautiful stadium on abc 12 30 washington's a two touchdown favorite even 14 points um it's penix uh penix is going to i think make it rain uh all over boise state i think their faces are going to be turned up to the sky uh watching penix just rain balls on them so uh with that being said, will they be on their knees begging for mercy? I think at some point in the game they may. Uh, but I, I don't think he will relent. Um so I think uh given that information, um, I'm gonna have to go with Washington here.
2: I'm with you too on this one. Um I like you dub. Uh Boys State, obviously, I mean, solid team. I I feel like this is one of those things where they're gonna score a lot of points. Washington secondaries, there's some questions there, but the offense should be elite. Uh, great receivers. Um, obviously, Michael Penix is a st- super stud. I think there, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Um, but I think the fourteen. Do points, we know if he's
1: gotten thicker in the offseason? Has he has he uh, gained some like his math? girth? Has he gotten girthier? <laughs> Is he better able to sustain injury, you know, and, and keep himself uh, upright and,
2: um, I don't know. We have to check it with fetters about that and see.
1: Yeah. Uh, Because you also, I mean, you want him to be, um, upright. You don't necessarily want him to be too stiff. Too stiff is bad. Yeah. Yeah. You want, okay. I mean, you could just sustain injury. You want it like you want him to be upright, but not, not too stiff. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so we're both taking Washington in this one, 14 points. Um, I could see it being close sort of early on and then uh, kind of go with it from there. So, so let's go, Huskies, and uh, we'll move on to the next one. We've got California Golden Bears.
3: <laughs>
2: Simply the dumbest game that
1: anyone is playing in week one. Uh, at 1 p.m. on ESPN, U Cal is traveling to North Texas, the Mean Green. Mm. What is a mean green? I'm not big on colors as no. far as like mascots. Is it just like an angry Irish person? Ah, don't you steal me pot of gold? Um I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't very good. That's okay. It was all right. It wasn't I mean, great. Racist maybe, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm half, so I can I can, I, I, can I'm a quarter. I can handle that one. Yeah. Uh I can take that one. Uh North Texas Mean Green. This is a very stupid game. Why is Cal on the road playing at North Texas? I mean it's the Pac twelve. When did this happen and why? That's what I want to know. Uh, that's all I want to know about this game. I think Cal's going to be terrible this year. Uh, they're favored somehow uh, at North Texas by six and a half. I'm taking North Texas to win. Uh, no doubt about it. Okay. In my mind, I'm kind of insane. I'm kind of looking at what you just put down for your pick, and I'm 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 unable to finish my thoughts because I'm so baffled by what it is you are doing.
2: I'm taking Cal. Jesus. The sturdy golden bears. To be honest, last night was texting with a staffer I know over at Cal. Uh-huh. There was some confidence there. Uh-huh. There's confidence.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I'm going with it. Now, was there, the staffer if, Justin Wilcox? It was not. <laughs> uh, I don't think, I don't know if I have a cell. I might have had it from his USC days. I'm not sure. But uh, no, one of the staffers. There's some quiet confidence going on there. The quarterback should be pretty dynamic.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, I'm, go- I'm go- going with his gut. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, if he's wrong and I get burned, I will never pick Cal the rest of the season. But I'm going with Cal. They're a Pac-12 team for now. This is a this is a power five team against the Green Wave or North whatever the Mean Green North Green Wave Texas Mean Mean Green is. Yeah, them. Who are they? Uh, this is Cal. The, they're the
1: team that's going to beat Cal's ass on Saturday. <laughs> like they might lose by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Cal, we're talking about Cal. Remember when Jackson was talking about Cal? Go
2: back to that feeling. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, no, I've cleansed. I've cleansed that feeling off. <laughs> what did I pick? Hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you what I picked Cal to do. Oh my god. Which probably wasn't good. Uh, I had a beating. That, winning this game, I have a beating. North Texas and Idaho and losing to Auburn in the middle and then beating every, I have them three and nine this year, but this is going to be one of those wins. So UCLA guy did a great, this is kind
1: of a side note about Cal. They did, he did a great, um, uh, edit of the Godfather two scene where, uh, Michael, no Godfather one, sorry. Uh, where Michael, uh, is telling Fredo that, uh, he's, uh, 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 you know, piece of shit, and he's disowned him as a brother. Yeah, and it's just got Cal superimposed on Fredo, and UCLA superimposed on Michael. It's very good. Oh, recommend finding it
2: on my Twitter. Uh, check it out. Um, UCLA stole their like fight song too, so I think they're going to be like uh-huh. a little anger there. Yeah, it made it And better. this is one of the farewell farewell tour, right? farewell. And we, and we still don't know about the ACC stuff. We didn't mention that at the top, but apparently there's still stuff going on. I'm not buying
1: any of that, by the way. You don't think that's a thing? It makes no goddamn sense to anybody, including
2: anybody in the ACC. I have no idea why that's happening. So what I've read recently would be that the ACC, so their deal is locked in till 2036, right? That's terrible. But if they added Cal Stanford and SMU, it'll add, what, 30-something million for each school, so that means the pool that the ACC gets now is at like a hundred million more. Say so they're hundred million more because you add these three schools. SMU won't take anything, and then Cal and Stanford would take a reduced rate, and I've seen it as low as like thirty percent, which would leave like seventy million dollars over or something like that. Right, right you know, For the
1: rest, you are just talking about money, right? But but it's that's in, all this
2: has been about.
1: But, but that's not all. Like that's a big part of it, but. It's not all this is insane for those schools like it's insane for Cal, maybe not insane
2: for Stanford, but it is insane for Cal. Jim says ACC would get 72 million. Then you could keep like uh, Clemson and Florida State happy by saying, "Okay, you get more. The better you do in athletics, the more money you're going to get. So I think that's sort of why this is even a thing. It's insane. Anyway, I I think it's insane we've
1: we've 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 delved too far i'd much far, right?
2: rather i'd rather see those four teams kind of build on that and whatever but yeah um okay uh let's see next up that was cal man david got that one wrong so bad here we go usc Trojan. uh
1: the nevada wolf pack i've only got a dog i don't have a wolf like a howl, howl! wolf pack two words was that good was that a good That's howl pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. oh that was pretty solid actually turned out better than I thought. Uh, 3.30 on the Pac-12 network. Uh, Nevada traveling to the Coliseum, number six USC. My nephew uh, is starting at Nevada. Nevada? Nevada? Who's your nephew? He's just starting at Nevada. He's my nephew. Uh, this Does he have a name? He's not playing on the team. He's just starting at the university. Oh, okay. Uh, USC is favored by 38 points. I'm going to have to go with uh, Nevada out of brand loyalty here. Nice. Out, of, uh, out, of, out of family loyalty. Uh, I don't feel good about this one, though. Because I think Nevada is going to be terrible this year. Yeah. Like, terrible in a way that San Jose State was not. Uh, and I think USC could easily cover this. But got to go brand loyalty. Nevada it is.
2: All right. I'm taking USC in this one. Um, doing a, a deep dive into Nevada. Now, Nevada does have a bunch of Pac-12 players. Do You remember a guy named Sean Dollars? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm probably going to be the starting running back. Okay. Former Oregon player, John Jackson the 3rd, he's going to be one of their wide receivers coming over from USC. Uh they got some other Pac-12 players around, a few Oregon players I think. Uh they were 2 and 10 last year. Um they did add some guys in the portal, but here's the thing. Like their offensive line was awful last year and it didn't really get any better and their secondary was bad and it didn't really get any better. So, I feel like USC is just going to score If Miller Moss or Malachi Nelson's a quarterback, they're going to score a lot of points. And I feel like this defensive line was very active. They had like six tackles for loss against San Jose State. They just couldn't sack Cordero. Uh, Brendan Lewis, do you remember him? Yes, the great Brendan Lewis. He's the quarterback. Oh. Can I revise? (laughs) You cannot. Uh, So in 2021, when USC was 4-8 and and awful and had an interim coach they went on the road to colorado and beat brendan lewis badly with you know uh dante williams as the head coach he was like 10 of 17 threw a pick got sacked like six times or something five times i think they're just going to sack the crap out of him i think nevada's starting to build uh but this is i I feel like there's going to be a bloodbath um it's just a different – you're talking about a team that w- last week that was like, going to fight for the Mountain West title and has one of the best players in the conference to this, that they've added some pieces. But bad secondary, bad offensive line. I think USC is going to score a lot of points. So the over-under is like in the 60s. I'm going to take the over, and I'll take USC minus 38. All right. So we'll see. was wrong last week, so probably wrong again this week, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of always wrong, but it's okay. Uh,
2: this one, we've got – uh, Washington State Cougars. You know, but I'm gonna play this one because Washington State Cougars. I still have a bad taste in my mouth from last year, so yeah. Uh, this
1: one's 4 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, second CBS Sports Network game of the weekend. Uh, mm. for the Pac-12, Washington State traveling to the Colorado State
2: Rams. Does that did that work? If you're if you're listening, he head butted his microphone. <laughs> he's ramming the microphone with his
1: forehead. huge, huge head. Like huge massive oh. massive head. And a five head. You do have
2: a big head. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh the five head is a relatively new development. Uh, the
2: big head is has been the, there the for a the long time. The hair long. kind of going
1: Yeah, yeah. The isolated uh again, isolated German army on the Eastern Front in uh World War One. <laughs> um anyway. Washington State is traveling to Colorado State to take on the Rams. Um, This is in Fort Collins, if you wanted to know where Colorado State is. Uh, Washington State is an 11-point road favorite. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams, sight unseen. Don't know anything about them. Um, But this feels like uh, I'd have to believe a lot more in the development of Cam Ward to take him covering 11 on the road. So, no, I'm going to go Colorado State.
2: Um, here's a little thing. Colorado State head coach, Jay Norvell, left and was the first-year head coach last year. He came from, do you know where? Nevada, baby. He did. So Former l- UCLA offensive coordinator for one year, Jay Norvell. Oh, little connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, so to see what Cam Ward was doing... Against Fresno State. That's the last thing I'm seeing. I've been picking mostly Pac 12 teams. I am not picking Washington State in this one. Uh, another weird road game. I don't think Colorado State's going to be that good, but I just, it's 11 points is a lot. You know, I could see, you know, Washington State winning by 10 or seven or something like that, but we'll see. Maybe they come out and they're going to be like gangbusters. They also have like a 17 year old calling plays for them that's never done that before, I believe. Is that is that right? <laughs> Their offensive coordinator. It's like literally like 25 years old or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, never called plays before. Unless I'm mixing that up with somebody else. But yes, uh, give me Colorado State in this one, and we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, we got another FCS games. We've got Arizona Wildcats. Taking on the Northern
1: Arizona... What are you? You are the Lumberjacks... I'm uh, a lumberjack and I'm okay. What, is, what, what do lumberjacks say? What, what do they say? They say the thing uh, when they're... Uh, not Timber? B- Timber! Thank you. Wow. That's Ooh. the word you were looking for? Ooh, struggle. <laughs> Big struggle. I was like, heave ho? No, that's not right. Um, Northern Arizona, traveling to Arizona. Tough trip. Flagstaff down to Tucson. Mm. Tough one. Uh, 7 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, we don't have a line on this game. Arizona will win the football game. Um, they're a lot better than they were a couple years ago.
2: Um, yeah, I got nothing else to say. Yeah, that's a FCS school. Yeah, Arizona lost a couple years ago to was it Northern Arizona or something? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that was the reference I made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so but not this year. Should be explosive offense, a lot of offense production coming back. Even losing uh Dorian Singer to USC, just a lot of offensive production coming back with Jaden Delora. He can make mistakes, but against like a team like this, no. He's just, gonna, I think he's gonna light up the scoreboard and uh they'll win by a ton. We don't have a lot in this game, so we won't be uh picking it. All right, yep. we got two games left. David Woods. The Chip Kelly tour begins, going into the Big Ten. We got ucla bruins 7
1: 30 on espn the coastal carolina chanticleers
2: doo. did
1: i blow it out uh little that's okay okay they are a rooster or some shit yeah yeah it's mm. like a, a fancy rooster yeah uh traveling to ucla in pasadena ucla is a 14 and a half point favorite let me give you the skinny On this whole thing, because I don't know yet whether I'm going to pick them to cover, and I'm hoping to talk it through here.
2: You should. Uh, Because
1: I'm still writing. They've
2: been pretty bad at these games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just uh, behind the scenes, I'm still writing the preview, which will be coming out, I don't know, in a couple of hours, and I haven't yet done my score prediction. So, Coastal Carolina uh, lost their head coach, Jamie Chadwell, who was the— for lack of a better word, the Chad like he he was the 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 straw that stirred the drink, so to speak. Uh, has this really unique offensive system? It was a couple of uh, it was a two back set. Did a lot of spread option type stuff. It was a lot of fun. They brought in uh, something called a Tim Beck. Uh, he was, I believe, the offensive coordinator for basically like every middle of the road offense you can imagine uh, for the last twelve years. He's like a, a modern day Noel Mazzoni. Like oh. he just he, he he runs his little short passing spread system wherever he goes and it does fine. Uh he was at NC State most recently. Before that, he was at Texas with Tom Herman. Before that, he was like the co-offensive coordinator with Herman at Ohio State. And before that, he was at Nebraska with Bo Pelini. Okay. But they're coming into this, and he's also brought along an offensive coordinator in Travis Trickett, who is very well thought of in he was the South Florida offensive coordinator last year. The reason I say all this is that Coastal Carolina, the reason they've been very good now for a few years in their group of five little world is because of their offense. Yeah. They had this crazy offense that Jamie Chadwell run, and they're not gonna it's not gonna be the same. They're gonna be running something like a pro style air raid, you know, the same garbage everyone else is running these days. <laughs> uh but they do return a lot. Like they return Grayson McCall, who's like a really good quarterback. They return like all their receivers, all their running backs, most of their offensive line. Like the offense should be pretty good. Defense is trash. It was trash last year. They'll be trash again. Secondary did not improve. They brought in Craig Nivar, who you're probably familiar with from his USC days. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like him. He's a safeties coach through and through. Uh has been a co-DC at some levels. but never, He's the DC now? Yeah, he's the DC. Oh, okay. So He was uh, at like Texas or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, so uh, the, a lot of prefacing to say my instinct, my gut, is that Coastal Carolina is going to be not very great like they're not okay. going to be what they've been the last three years because they
2: brought in a again a something called a tim beck um we have like at least one voicemail that you you're disparaging marks towards uh, right the chanticleers yes. or whatever uh, yeah, we gotta have to play those later
1: but anyway uh so i don't know what to expect about that but here's the thing because given all of that i would no doubt pick ucla to cover 14 and a half but here's the thing we yeah. already have substantial evidence that this is a chip kelly fuck around game and do you know how we know that he's it's, going to play three different quarterbacks uh, in this football game that could go one of two ways. They're all really good and they all, you know, combined to blow this team out or one of them looks kind of shabby. One of them looks OK. One of them has a couple of good moments, but none of them get in a rhythm because they're playing three of them in a game. That's going to be about five plays fewer than games were last year. So all that said. I think I'm going Coastal Carolina into cover. I think it's going to be, though, like 38 24. Like, okay. I, I just don't like the half point. Uh, if this was 13 and a half, probably take UCLA. 14 and a half, I'm going to go Coastal Carolina. Right,
2: I'm taking the Bruins, although yet another Duck fan points out Chip treats this as a, a non con, as preseason that they don't count, right? Like, this, this does, that's what it kind of looked like for Chip Kelly. I feel like this is going to be one of those things, though, like you said, that coaching turnover, a long trip west. I feel like this is the one that UCLA sort of just like... If they blow them out, I'm not going to be
1: surprised. Like, yeah. it, it, that would totally make sense. And it, it it fits all my priors, which is if you've got a really good offensive system and then you replace him with just some bullshit, like you replace him with, oh, we're going to just run like an air raid with our guy who's been great running this like boutique offense for so many years, you're going to take a major step back. Yeah. You just are. Um, You know, it's kind of like the Nebraska thing when they initially went from the triple option to... Uh, you know, Bill Callahan, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, suddenly you're not going to be very good. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just it's more what Chip Kelly is deciding to do with this game, which is play three quarterbacks, um, which can only be an indication of the different ways he's going to mess around in this one. Like I wouldn't exp- I wouldn't be surprised to see like wholesale line changes with the offensive yeah. line like USC was doing. Yes. Um. So with all that,
2: I just don't I don't think they're poised to cover. Yeah. Um. EVS chimed in and said, uh, don't feel good about it because of the three quarterback chip chip fuck around. But I'm taking my Bruins. I'm yeah. with you, EVS. I this so I've taken I'm going mostly Pac-12 uh throughout this. And like against what my gut would be saying for mo- a lot of these games, like Dave could have like a six game lead or something after uh this first week, which would be pretty bad. Um, but if I if he doesn't, it'll be really he'll be frustrated because he'll be like, man, I felt good about these picks and uh, and you were wrong. And, and then be I'll be great. on tilt. That'd be great. I've kind of put you on tilt. All right, we got one last one. Your beloved Oregon State Beavers
1: against my equally beloved San Jose State Spartans. Yes. Um, Seven Cordero. This is Sparta. Uh, Twelve thirty p.m. CBS on Sunday. Uh, number 18,
2: Oregon State. Oh, yeah, this is a Sunday yeah. game. Traveling to San Jose. Another uh, road game for, like, one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Like, what are you thinking? This
1: is an insane line to me. Uh, it's uh, Oregon State favored by 16 and a half. Yeah. Uh, line, odds makers not familiar with Oregon State's work on the road, <laughs> I guess. Um, didn't watch San Jose State last week. Um, Because, I mean, they lost by 28, but they looked like they had a pulse. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking San Jose State. No questions asked.
2: Me too. Like it's one of those things where I do think the quarterback's legit. Um, he's you know he's a six year player. This is a road game. Oregon State hasn't been as good on the road. I feel like USC ran the ball pretty well, and you're going to see Demian Martinez like get a lot of yards and stuff. But like for DJ Ungele, Lale, it's like his first game. Crush that. DJ Ungulule, I believe, is what they're saying. You nailed yeah. it. It's changed. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of points where Oregon State's probably going to go in and win, but I think even Will was talking about upset alert for this one. Um, so that's just that's just a lot. It, I think it's great for the conference if Oregon State goes in there and just boat races them on the road. I think that's great, but they've already played a game too, so like there's some seasoning there. Yeah, I think there's going to be a tough situation to to win by like 17 points. So, I will go San Jose State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, that's it. That's what we got for our Pac-12 previews. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll do uh Yeah, we'll do questions and uh talk about anything else. Back. That sounds magical. Back in a minute.
0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: We're back here on the podcast of Champions is Funny. Last week, so I put a note down where our breaks are because I have to, when we edit the, well, when I edit the show and put it up. Uh, it was a 106 last week. It was 105 this week. So right about the same time. We're crushing it. Uh, Yeah. Remind everyone, the survival pool picks are there. Uh, We tweeted it out. I will put it in on uh, Pac12podcast.com website. We need to get you to enter your picks. If you're watching us live, I did put it. Go back in the chat, Um, especially if you want like ASU. ASU's playing tonight. You're probably not picking Utah tonight, but you might pick ASU. So get that in. If you don't send it in before kickoff, you can't pick that team. So you can't send it tomorrow. Arizona State wins and you say, I'm going to pick ASU um so just get it in there before whatever game you want to pick and you need to get in the week one you can't join a week two this is survival you have to like pick every week and get it correct so um get in there david who's your pick i'm uh, picking asu i think
1: i picked asu you think yeah i did it a while ago now oh you did okay. by that i mean uh like two days ago but that's a while when you have small children starting school oh that let's a- see let's see
2: yeah i picked asu um Yet another duck fan has been very active in the chat. Uh didn't stop the clock on first down. Pace of play is up. What did you think about the first week? So there was probably a fewer few fewer plays in the USC San Jose State game. It was it was pleasant for me in the San Jose State game because I think
1: if there had been five more plays, I probably would not have covered my uh my 31. maybe not. Um, um I, I don't know. I didn't... They still it, had
2: a 15-minute delay for a review, which is like... Well, in, terrible.
1: I think there was... I think there is going to be a noticeable effect. I noticed it a little bit, but I was... I was like watching the USC game like kind of on my phone while doing other stuff, so it wasn't as big a deal. But like when I'm watching on Saturday or tonight, when I'm like, you know, really just sitting down and watching it, I mean, I think I'm in... A, I'm I'm against it. I think it's, it's stupid. It's more NFLization of the product, which... I don't think anybody was clamoring for less football, um, no. and uh, that's the end result. Is we're going to get less football, but no fewer commercials. So it's just going to be a, a sport that was already like what is it like nine total minutes of actual action in a three and a half hour block is now going to be those you know in that three hour and fifteen minute block it's going to be eight minutes of action.
2: So like yeah. what did we actually gain here? All right, we got some voicemails. I think we got to start with the. I mean, I've called them out. You know, if you ever want to call a serial killer out, maybe that's not a smart thing to do. But we wanted to hear from the Zodiac Killer, and uh, we did. So here you go.
4: Well, well, well. Hello, Brian. Hello, Sith Lord Dave. Word on the street is you've been asking after me. That's right, it's me. This resident Stanford fan. Yeah, that's right. And once again... Expectations for the Cardinal could not be lower. <laughs> One last ride for the old, for the old once and mighty Pac-12 champions. Who killed the Pac-12, you ask? Huh. You think it was, you think Larry Scott had something to do with it? A hack. You think it was the Pac-12 president? Ha <laughs> ha! Those bumbling Oompa Loompas couldn't tie their own shoes. You think Kolesnikov did it? I left space for the Kolesnikov. For the Kolesnikov sound effect. Kolesnikov? Do you think he did it? A pawn. That's right. I killed the Pac-12. And you know why I killed the Pac-12? Because if the smartest, toughest young men on earth can't compete for a conference championship, then there will be no (laughs) Pac-12. Watch it burn. One more time. Music's got me feeling so free. I want to celebrate, celebrate with David's tweets One more. Oh, and one more thing. Take the over on the Stanford Cardinal boys. Troy Taylor, he's playing chess. He's making in-game adjustments. He's recruiting. He's got the whole Wisconsin defensive staff, the young part, the up-and-coming part, the part with ideas. Oh, yeah. Take the over, boys. Just you heard it here. Five wins. Five. One more time.
2: Thank you, Zodiac Killer. Oh, my God. So he there killed wasn't the a ba- There
1: wasn't a baby screaming in the background this time. <laughs> there usually is. Well, because he just murdered the mom <laughs> and the baby screaming or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. I would not take the Zodiac killer's advice. Stanford is not going to win five games this year. <laughs> no.
2: Uh, yeah. Wh- whatever we do for the, we have to have him calling in. Still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, okay. Um, do you want to do? Let's do a. All right. What do we email? start? Where I think it's it the flogging one? Molly might be the first one. It's like a series of emails though. From Tom. Yeah.
1: Is that our first one? Okay. I yeah, think yeah. So. All right. Thank you, uh, Ryan and David David Woods, for giving me my fix of off-season football and shenanigans. I think dropkick Murphys are good, very good, but they lean too much into the Boston part of Irish for my taste. I first saw Flogging Molly at a free lunchtime show out in front of Ackerman around 20-ish years ago, and I've been a diehard fan ever since. If I was a Pac-12 coach and you shoved a mic in my face to ask me my favorite band, yeah, I'd have a good think. It might not be them. It's probably Faith No More, Bister Bungle, and anything Mike Patton ever touched, but Flogging Molly is right up there. Good call. I know you took your sweet time at UCLA, Dave, and I'd like to think you were there in that same lunchtime crowd. Loved your guys' preview picks, and I can't wait for fight songs on the podcast. I was not, but I wasn't too far distant from that. Yeah. Um, and then he asked me if I was there, and I was not. He asked me if I was there for Digital Underground. I was not. Uh, and he would like you to throw out some more Yacht Rock
2: recommendations. Oh, Yacht Rock ones? Mm-hmm. Um, let me put, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just just play. So the Spotify Yacht Rock playlist is epic. Uh, go on there. There's really good stuff, like Christopher Cross. Um, what's the one I'm blanking on? Uh, it's uh, oh, like "Sail Away" is really good. There's a whole bunch of great songs on there. I'll I'll pull up the uh, after we do this voice. I'll pull up uh, some songs after we do this voicemail, and then uh, I don't think we need to do that. You don't want some? Yeah, I think we're okay. Steal away. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we steal away? That's one of the great ones too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Good one. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for that. Let's go to this voicemail. Um Oh, and I think this was one that the he left like a three minute voicemail got cut off, and then he left the, like a minute fifty voicemail. I'm only gonna play the minute fifty one. I didn't go back and listen to the whole. Th- so I think it's like a shorter version of what his first one was. If it's just adding on, um, we're not playing the first part. But anyway, here's, here you go, Dave.
5: Brian, Steve, I got cut off. It's embarrassing, but I'm back.
2: Uh,
5: as I was saying, Dave, the face point's coming. Right when Dave gets excited. Dave's excited now, which means the face point's coming sooner than expected, which also means the solo host game broadcast with a devastated, broken David Woods is coming sooner than any of us expected. Mm-hmm. And that's so exciting and so i'm just calling to make a prediction um because dave is already a believer in this brewing team it gives me great confidence put all your money down Grayson mccall the coastal carolina chanticleers they're coming to pasadena they're going to play in front of literally dozens of people who probably bought like $40 worth of groceries at Ralph's earlier in the week and were given some tickets. They didn't know what for, but they're checking it out. Anyway, those people are going to witness Grayson McCall and the Chanticleers shock the world, and then we're going to get that wonderful postgame broadcast with a broken, devastated, battered David Woods, and I just can't wait. So that's all I got for you guys. Uh, except Dave, you're 100 percent correct on Denny Killingham and his musical taste. Uh, that's a that's an answer a serial killer would give. Train is your favorite band. What's, what's his favorite TV show? Ever Caroline in the City. It's like it's an answer that's it's scary, it's dangerous, and the man shouldn't be allowed to be around young people. So anyway, have a great day, guys. Love you.
2: Bye. That's a pretty good one. Who was that from? Uh I don't remember. That was great. Uh Call more. <laughs> yeah, he, but he left like a 3-minute version. I don't think he's not self-editing much yet. Oh, uh, that was incredible. Um speaking of editing, we did uh Mackay sent us we have two different requests for. They want us to do TikTok editing. <laughs> I'm like, I got so much going on right now. It'd be cool like if we had our own TikTok thing, but we're like David's not going to do it. He no, wait, have. this uh, okay, you you have an old man's idea of
1: what a spam email looks like. This is a spam email. Are you sure? Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. It says, Dear Ryan and David. Like,
1: yeah. it's. I hope. Okay. I'm going to read it for everyone out there. I hope this message finds you well. I've had the chance to listen to your captivating co- podcast, and it occurred to me that it might be a fantastic idea to bring your content to a growing visual platform like TikTok.
2: Just from that line alone. All right. Maybe it's. Do okay. you have any. Do you You know. But you, it's know. Like the, your, you know. Does no, he know? No, he doesn't. But your name is. Uh, like, this is someone that I think has actually listened to the show. No, I like, know. I mean, how would he even know that my name is on – your name is on this email? No chance. All right. Whatever. Old guy back east. This is from uh, Daniel. Dr. Daniel, actually. Uh, The podcast enlightens and entertains, so please don't change a thing. I never miss an episode, but would not write except for being shamed into it. Feel better now? Uh, This is very nice, uh,
1: but we want this on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, like – I mean, it's a very nice email. Thank it you. is, thank
2: you, Daniel. But we want this to be your review on Doctor Hatfield. Actually, let's let's throw him some respect. Yeah. Uh, we also got one from Jim. He says Pac-12 musical country musical taste or coach musical taste. Matt Kearney is that the guy? How you say mm-hmm. his name? So he says, "I love the podcast and thought uh, the coach music preferences was hilarious. I found it extremely curious that Matt Kearney is Troy Taylor's and not Chip Kelly's favorite." With the favorite song, with the following song uh, written shortly before Chip left for the NFL. So, when there's a video, we're not going to play it, obviously, but. He's from Eugene, he, is the joke. He's wearing like Oregon gear. He sings a song, like a, it's actually kind of nice sounding song that, you know, Chip don't leave before you get a chip and stuff like, you know, for a championship and stuff like that. It was kind of funny. And they said he also wrote the following sappy ode to Oregon that is played on Autzen scoreboards before the second quarter of every game. Maybe he should have been Land Danning's favorite, and I agree. Uh, I'm sure you're going to kick out of these. Yeah, so like he's a huge Oregon guy. So why is Troy Taylor picking him as his favorite? What's going on, guys? Who this thought is, of these picks? Brett, Brett McMurphy needs to like – I need a deep dive into this because yeah, this, this was terrible. I, I
1: need a, a yeah. I need a whole thing, a story about this story. Because this is, this is easy. A like,
2: making of land danning pick matt kearney he's the the guy that you are playing his song on your scoreboard like yeah yeah that's that's a fail all
1: right um yeah you also got the, uh, do you think this one's a real one did you click on the attachment
2: no i did not click on it
1: i should have deleted <laughs> yeah, it yeah you should have downloaded it uh see if your computer can withstand whatever that powerful thing is uh, this is from frank in sacramento okay here's why pac12 presidents stink a lot has been made about the Pac-12 presidents doing nothing while Larry Scott and George Kliavkoff ruined the conference. True, but why? Pac-12 presidents have more to worry about than football. Stanford has more billionaire alumni to schmooze for donations than all of the SEC combined. USC and UCLA get more federal research money than all of the Big 12 combined. Recruitment of high-profile professors and deans take up large amount of Pac-12 presidents' time. The Cal president has worked to maintain a top rating in a diverse student body, even though California got rid of affirmative action 20 years ago. The SEC, the Big 12 for sure, and the ACC and Big 10, to a lesser extent, can delegate many of these presidential tasks while they stay on top of football. Remember, back in Oklahoma, after then-university president Dr. George L. Cross found himself defending a budget request of the state legislature's Appropriations Committee... He was asked by one senator, yes, that's all well and good, but what kind of football team are we going to have this year? Dr. Cross's reply, We want to build a university our football team can be proud of. Frank in Sacramento.
2: Okay. Yep, that was an email. That was that was an email we got. All right. Uh let's go. Another this is another uh I guess I didn't see your tweets about you must have been bashing. Uh me? Yeah. Doesn't sound like you. I don't think I've ever heard anything or anyone. Yeah, I love when I get the text from David. Like, here's my latest troll, <laughs> and then, and he's like, I got a big one, and it's like Petro's like replied <laughs> to you, but it wasn't like it was kind of a weird reply. Well, so and all then right. you had the Oregon fans replying. So to I you. I
1: dropped a little, uh, little uh, light, like a little light Alex Grinch trolling. But as as always, I like to layer my trolls. So there's like a layer of you know uh you know talking bad about usc fans for being negative and then there's a layer of Alex Grinch is really good and then there's yeah. the the really the like the Lincoln Riley got a de resistance <laughs> was Lincoln Riley going to the NFL and Alex Grinch replacing it. Yes. All in a single tweet. I thought it was well crafted, nice layered, multi layered a little you know, like a, a sandwich with a lot of, you know, different things on it. it tastes good. Yeah. Um so I, I sent it to Ryan and I just said I'm going fishing. Um you know see see what I catch. And then uh, the next morning, Petros clearly, I mean, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, clearly like didn't read it in full, like didn't understand the troll at some level. Just responds because I included a line, uh, Alex Grinch gave up fewer than 30 points against an FBS opponent. Um, And he said, well, USC's never played an FCS team. And I'm like, that was a weird one. Yeah, well, he just didn't he didn't get it. But I caught a fish, you know, Uh, Petros was then a fish for that. Cool. gotcha
2: yeah and then you had a, a duck fish
1: oh my God the duck fan so Oregon fans come get your boys uh the number of Oregon fa- I, I swear to God I think it actually eclipsed the number of USc fans who were legitimately trolled by this tweet uh, I think Oregon fans were like why what are they- you are you a dumbass what's wrong with you and it's like like before you First sit of all, there yes. be well yes but before you sit there and think wow everyone around me is stupid maybe think is there something here I'm not getting Like, is there some little bit of this that I'm not understanding? Mm. Uh, But no, no, not
2: organ fan, not ever. No. Uh, All right. Let's see. Let me get, uh, oh, let's do, should we do a voicemail? You just did an email. Yeah, let's do a voicemail. Here you go. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Were you going to do that voicemail? I I was doing it. I was setting it up and then we got sidetracked because that (sighs) never happens to us. But here we go. Never happens. Hi, this question is for
0: Dave. Uh, Dave, you mentioned on Twitter the other day that Coastal Carolina is coached by something, something somebody called a Timbeck. This sparks some curiosity in me, so I tried googling Timbeck. It provides me no clarity. Um, I'm going through the page right now, and some of the results include a Wikipedia page for a Timbeck, American football born 1964, another Wikipedia page for a Timbeck, American football born 1966. Um, also, some various pages for Timbecks from Coastal Carolina, University of Texas, New Mexico State, NC State, I can go on and on. Um, the purpose of this call is to inquire uh, to you, Dave, whether you've made any progress uh, figuring out what a Timbeck is. Um, I would like to know what kind of organism a Timbeck is, human or otherwise, that will be roaming the sidelines of Saturday at the Rose Bowl. Um, is a Deck a different type of rooster? Like their mascot? I I don't know. Any insight you can provide um, regarding this, what it means for UCLA's game, um, and on Saturday, that would be much appreciated. Thank you very much. Fight on. The,
1: the voicemails today have just been stellar. They're really good. Absolutely stellar. I'm, I'm, I'm loving loving we're getting, it we're getting some spams in the chat again yeah'm so. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to edit as we go yeah doing that yeah uh a great voicemail I I have not uh yet determined what a Tim Beck is clearly there was a cloning operation of some sort mm. um I do not know whether I mean we'll have to see it certainly appears humanoid uh judging by pictures uh, and whatever video evidence I can find uh, but it's impossible to tell whether that – uh Multimedia has been doctored in some way. Okay. Um, there have been many Tim Becks, uh, multiple uh, Tim Becks. Um, so was Tim Beck one of the uh, like longtime baseball announcers? Tim Beck feels like he was a longtime baseball announcer maybe, maybe. I feel like Tim Becks have existed uh, throughout the centuries, throughout the ages, uh, always there providing some level of mediocrity uh, in some form or another.
2: Yeah, there was like Adam, Eve and then Tim Beck was next. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> They're just there's there's just an uh,
1: an overflowing of timbex. I think when Adam and Eve were like exploring at the beginning, there was just a cornucopia full of yet uh, not as of yet activated timbex.
2: Little known chapter of the Bible where they went for a threesome. Is that where you? – Well, I'm gonna get like struck by lightning or something. All right, uh, let's move on. <laughs> Robin Seattle wrote in. His question is about LA Sports Bars. Uh, gentlemen, I'm looking uh, for some advice on where I should watch the Washington versus Boise State game on September 2nd. I'll be attending a wedding near Lake Arrowhead on Friday. That's not LA. Um, September 1st. <laughs> the game is at 1230 on the 2nd. As a former host of the uh, Washington Alumni Watch Parties in Minneapolis, I try to attend official watch parties whenever possible. However, the, the, UW, watch, the UW Watch Party... It's at Legend's Sports Bar in Long Beach. See, that's Los Angeles. So my current plan is to attend my buddy's wedding, wake up, and make the long drive from Lake Arrowhead to Long Beach to watch the game by the 1230 kickoff. I've been to L.A. quite a few times. I understand that's one hell of a drive at any time, let alone uh, the morning after a wedding. I'm also told that Legend's is a great sports bar with some cool history. Please talk me into or out of this plan uh, if this is trying way too hard, where else should I go that wouldn't take me all the way to Long Beach? Any cool spots you would recommend up in the mountains or at least closer to where I'll be? Thanks for the help and go dogs, Rob, in Seattle. So I've got no feel for sports bars in
1: Lake Arrowhead or uh, Big Bear or anywhere in there. And then if yeah. you're going down the mountain, you're like basically in like Riverside or San Bernardino. And I. Uh, yeah you could just go find a bar to watch the game but why would you do that i think your plan is sound i I mean it's saturday morning getting from i mean it's gonna be a to long beach minimum probably hour and 40 minutes uh down from lake arrowhead but uh, what else are you gonna do you're down here for a wedding go go watch the game with some actual fans of your team i think that seems like a sound plan
2: i think so yeah i'm not super
1: legends is cool it's fine
2: yeah uh, I mean, just knowing that that's where they're going to be. Or I'd go, like, go over to Dogman and maybe there is a smaller group that's somewhere in the mountains. No, nah, they...
1: but I, I think, you know, you're down in L.A. Go uh, go drive into the uh, more uh, more L.A. part of things and go to that sports bar. It'll be yeah. fun. Have a nice. good time.
2: Get a good lunch. Uh, five of a Kind Media says, uh, I'm going to hell with that bit and you're all coming with me. So Dennis, Dennis Leary. Uh, good. So if I go to hell for that bit, the whole podcast crew is going with me. So. Yeah. Uh, um, this is from the What's Bruin show. Oh, okay. What's the better? Jake? Uh,
1: no signature. Uh, could be Jake. Could be Mike. Could be uh Wait. Bill. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, what's the better AD job? Hey, guys. After watching USC poach an AD from an in-conference school and giving Bruin fans indigestion over rumors that their AD was possibly interested in the job across town... What is the better athletic director job, in your opinions, UCLA or USC? On one hand, UCLA is historically cheap while constantly trying to act not cheap, like they're trying to book the four seasons on Priceline. (laughs) But all fans really expect us to win NCAA championships in the non-revenue sports, maintain a top-level basketball team, and be decent enough in football. Jim Mora never won anything meaningful, and Bruin fans would love to just have a team that consistently approaches his first three years. At USC, you don't have to worry about all those silly academic requirements, and there's definitely a green light on anything football related, but the expectations are constantly ginormous, and you're inevitably going to be caught up in some academic or criminal scandal four times a decade. So all that in mind, which one's a better job? This is a no doubt. There's an absolutely correct answer to this, and there's an absolutely incorrect answer to this. You ready for the absolutely correct answer? Yes. UCLA, zero doubt. You want to know why? Because your job security, you are keeping that as long as you want it. As long as you want it. Forever. Yeah. How many ADs has USC gone through in the last like 10 years? Are they uh, already at three? This is their fourth in... Yeah. in uh, the fourth in what, 15 years? Yeah, fourth in 15, I'd say. Yeah, that's
2: crazy. Crazy. How long was Dan Guerrero there? He was there for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things like what is... Um, you could be... Is it better to be like a tenured professor at like... Um, Cal State LA or something and like you have a whole bunch of job security you're never going to get like the best brightest students but you're like you're fine and you're getting paid like a million dollars a year and getting paid very well or like oh I could be like a professor at Cal and like maybe I get a Nobel Prize you know winner under my you know uh, you know under me and there's a little more prestige. Like there's upside there. So it depends. Yeah, but, but, but your, you could your, get fired.
1: But your risk of getting fired is profound. Right. Because the, the if you don't the, produce a number no, because yeah. the professors you keep hiring uh keep getting drunk at events, uh keep getting in fights at events in December, uh where they have to wear like sunglasses to hide like bruising around their faces. Uh they keep um, you know, they keep being terrible, <laughs> staring at cameras with this expression. Yeah. After particularly bad classes they teach, and you get fired for this, and you things don't turn out well. Um, there's no doubt the UCLA job is a better one, not because of anything related to success on the field or any of that stuff, because we've all had jobs. What do you give a shit? You don't care. You're getting paid. All right. Yeah. You, you care about getting paid. So if you just want to get paid, go if to If you UCLA. want to get paid forever and get a sicky pension at the end of the day, does USC get pensions? Do they get a sicky pension? I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. No. UC employees, go check that stuff out. Go check out the go check out what Dan Carral is still making. Really? Yeah. Uh yeah. It's a fun time. Uh go go work for the UC.
2: Oh, yeah. okay. It's I didn't even think about that part. That's, yeah, dude. That's
1: very yeah. interesting. Yeah.
2: Uh okay. That was the what's Bruin Show. We have a hacker alert. Should I read this? Yeah, I think so. Dave uh, wrote in, just a heads up last week, your podcast RSS feed was compromised. Uh-oh. Someone uploaded a, quote, Pac-12 preview episode right after your genius one. Genuine. Genuine genius. It's honestly <laughs> sounded like two robots struggling through a badly edited chat GPT transcript. Um, yeah, so I actually, the, uh, so. Ryan was mad as hell and he wasn't going to take it anymore. 247 put that up there. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, if you want to put like a show on our feed, let me know first. And they were like, give me the thumbs up. So they kind of knew I was not, uh, very happy about that. Not that I wouldn't say no, but I don't want to see, I, I didn't like looking at my phone and seeing, Hey, that's my podcast feed. Well, I guess partly David's too, but it's mostly mine. Um, I didn't put that up there. Hell no. I know David didn't put that up there. Who the hell put that up there? So, yeah. Okay, questions. He says, uh, how much longer do we have to endure the Alex Grinch coaching? It's this year, and then if they do fine, he'll probably stay.
1: Well, I don't think he'll be – so uh, I don't think he's going to be USC's defensive coordinator after this year. I think he's going to be their head coach after Lincoln Riley moves on (laughs) to the NFL. And so – So for a while. Well, no, but I mean he'll be coaching in a different way. Now, hopefully – when he moves on to the head coaching job, he still keeps a heavy hand on the defensive <laughs> coordinating, uh, because I think clearly he's one of the top minds uh, on that side of the football in all of college football. Do you
2: remember he almost became like, or he was a candidate for ASU's job last yeah, year? Yeah, 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 As he should be. Okay, who deserves- You're th- talking about Alex Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. Who deserves the praise when Jimmy Lake eventually replaces him? <laughs> oh, Now, he's a fine defensive coordinator. Jimmy Lake's fine. Mm -hmm. Just not head coach. Yeah. Like, would you be upset, like, if Pac-12 program hired Jimmy Lake to be a defensive coordinator? Any of them? No, no. I think he'd be a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Just not head coach. Back in March of 2016, uh, during a podcast discussing Cal's spring practice—that's what we were doing back then? Who knows? Dave touched on the inflation increase in Cal's in-state tuition— as a Band-Aid solution to their budget problems. Now that the Pac-12, quote, landscape has shifted dramatically, do you still maintain that Cal's financial challenges play a role in the pac 12 struggles? I think this is,
1: I think this is a, a troll uh, because we joked on our last show that we don't remember things we said last week. I was an entirely different human being in March of 2016. I, don't re- I, I have no idea what he's even saying here.
2: Like, no idea. I don't remember. That was a long time. Yeah, I think he's joking. Especially with Calamoni. Like yeah, now there's it's no a- way I, I can remember even what the argument was, let alone whether it's still valid. All right. His email has, like, um, emojis in it, like the uh, like warning emojis around the hacker alert. Then his, in his signature, or just as a sign-off, in a format or in a font that I can barely read because it's, like, the same color as the background, he says... Given your knack for roasting my email formatting and grammar, I decided to call in the reinforcements for this email. It was edited by my 11-year-old nephew. He has offered to edit other listener emails a dollar each. Okay. So if you guys want to contact Dave. But Dave, I don't know why you changed like the, the text. It's like, really hard to read. Yeah, very difficult. Um, so maybe your nephew can uh, fix that too.
1: Yeah. This is from Paul slash Webfoot. Highest over under in Pac-12 history. Aloha, champions. I have some questions for David David Woods, but Ryan Abraham Lincoln Riley can chime in as well if he wants, of course. What sort of compromat does Alex Grinch have on Lincoln Riley? At some point, it must become more embarrassing to keep employing Grinch as the DC than to have the blackmail material released to the public. What would be the most embarrassing thing for Lincoln Riley? Uh, embarrassing thing? Mm. I mean, what kind could... of compromat could Grinch have on him?
2: I don't know. I mean, right? Like, what these coaches do, I mean, they're, like, working in the – I mean, they're 20 hours a week. And I mean, it's clearly something substantial,
1: right? Like, obviously, he's got some heavy, heavy blackmail material on hmm. Lincoln Riley. That's like, the only explanation. I have heard that, like, their wives are very close friends. So, you know, that might explain maybe. some of it. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, he shouldn't still be employed there. It shouldn't have been after last year, but whatever. Uh, also, will the UW versus USC over under be the highest in Pac-12 history? I'm thinking high 90s, but I'd love to see it crack 100. I'd probably bet the over, whatever it is. Thanks and go Ducks. That probably will be pretty high. Depending it's the- going to be pretty high, but again, clock rules changed. That's true. We're not going 100. Yeah, uh,
2: Washington secondary is kind of questionable, right? Yeah. So, and USC is obviously ass on defense. So let's okay. We got one more voicemail, and then we got a few more emails. Here's the uh, the voicemail.
6: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, Dave, you had mentioned a few episodes ago that um, you know, and Ryan had mentioned that it was the end of the Pac-12. You had said, kind of, for now, and you, you envision things uh, going not necessarily back to normal, but kind of going back to uh, something close to what we've remembered college football as. Uh, and I was kind of curious to think to ask what what you think will be the primary driver of that in terms of uh, the kind of the conference is coming back. Do you think there will just be, um, do you think like it'll be the travel costs that gets so out of, you know, out of control? Or do you think it's more so just, uh, fans, depending on what the school is losing interest and in wanting to go back? Um, and likewise, who do you think leads that charge? Do you think it's kind of the bigger schools that want to go back or do you think it's maybe a school like say West Virginia in the Big 12 of, Hey, we're traveling all over. We're never going to make the playoff as it is. Let's just do something local. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Thanks, guys.
1: There's uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of forces that are going to stretch uh, college football even more. Um, I think the biggest one that's going to, I think, uh, be a game changer is when not if when uh, paying players becomes the responsibility of the universities through the TV deal uh, and they become employees uh, because that's going to be that's going to happen. And once that happens, the economies of the sport change drastically because right now, right now, coaches eat up big part of the personnel budget. Then the money goes into cement. uh, It goes into travel. It goes into food. It goes into all this stuff. That money uh, can be increased in some ways, but on a marginal basis, there isn't a big new pool of money coming in. So when players start getting paid by the universities, they're either going to have to come up with donor funds to fill that need or it's going to have to come from the TV deals and and uh, you know marketing and all that kind of those deals. Um, so that pool of money is going to be uh, tighter, uh, and they're not going to be able to spend money on certain things that they always were. Are they going to be able to co- cut coach salaries. Well, it depends on how uh, asymmetrically this happens. If California is first on having to pay players, uh, then Cal might uh, all the California-based schools might have to change. Before, say, the Ohio schools or the Michigan schools or whatever, so have you. But if it ends up being more of a federal thing or uh, everyone doing it at the same time, then everyone has to change at the same time. So then maybe you could see coach salaries dropping. You know, kind of a natural, you know, market correction. Uh, but I think when they're going to look at the the costs associated with college football, one of the big ones that's going to jump out is how much they end up spending on, uh sports generally to travel but olympic sports to travel yes uh that's going to be a huge part because they're going to look at well where are we spending on the athletes that we're now paying them um so they're spending on food they're spending on travel well how do we cut those costs how do you cut travel costs you fly pretty much in your same region you don't spend as much on jet fuel you're not flying your olympic teams everywhere you're bussing them some places like these are the things that are going to have to happen uh, if they want to maintain their athletic programs uh, in full. So uh, it's going to be a, a strange new thing. Um, and I don't think I, I've I, everyone's asleep at the switch. I don't think anyone's thinking about the ramifications of two years down the road, let alone the five to ten that this is all going to take. But within five to ten years, we're going to be looking at an entirely new landscape again. Now the the conferences may or may may not be more or less what they are, but the uh, the immediate impact of a lot of these financial things are uh, it's it's impossible to
2: foresee what schools are going to do, but they're going to have to make drastic changes. And I think it's going to maybe come like I don't think West Virginia can make a move, and that's what spurred like you know, sparks everything. It's more of like, hey, this isn't working, and it's going to be up the higher level mm-hmm. coming on down. I think that's where you're going to see it. Yep. Uh, we got a couple more. Peter says, word of caution and for other listeners. Uh, hi, Ryan and Dave. These episodes need to come with a disclaimer that people should not lift heavy objects while listening. I was at the gym and nearly dropped the bar while laughing at Dave's comments uh, on favorite musicians, specifically around Train. That was, that was a good take, apparently. People like that one. <laughs> Anyways, my question, uh, who would be the worst uh, narrative to win the Pac-12 this year? Most of the world is saying root for Oregon State because they are getting a bad draw with realignment. So who is the opposite of Oregon State from that perspective? USC, UCLA, because they started this. Colorado, because they have had no success and are leaving. Love the show and keep up the good work. All right, I hate to say it. Probably USC or UCLA. I think it's UCLA, UCLA, not USC. Because
1: USC, I think you've got the like, Oh, it's the return of USC. It's a playoff contender. Like, I don't think it has, like, the... the the. It's got narrative juice nationally and could, like, help to, you know... I don't know if it benefits the league because the league doesn't exist anymore. But I think it's got at least a positive vibe. I don't know that UCLA would because UCLA, I don't think they're... I mean, even if they win the league, it's hard to imagine them winning it in such a way that they're making the playoff out of it. Like, it's... Yeah, two loss UCLA makes it, sure, but they're not getting through with one or zero. It's like um, two
2: loss UCLA and then like they play like Oregon State in the championship yeah. and Damian Martinez gets hurt. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like and it's they got to kind of limp into like the yeah, championship.
1: So it's just uh I think that would be probably would be the, like, oh that would be the worst narrative and the one that I think will be awesome. Uh but I think it would be a very negative narrative.
2: Okay. Right. Uh yeah, I think it I mean one of the LA schools I but I mean, anyway, like it, it, at this point, you have eight teams leaving, so it's hard to be like the bad guy. Like, are you gonna, you know, who's pissed if Oregon wins it? Or, you know, the only thing is the po- I think it's the positive if like Oregon State wins it. Like, holy crap, the Beavers did something great on their way out. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, last one, right? Yeah. And I, this is uh this is our buddy Matthew, right? Yeah. Hold this- on, I want to like. Wow! Just want to like give him some some love. For doing the uh, picks again. so Yeah,
1: yeah he's, he's the man. Thanks. It's Matthew from Mountain View. Why is Stanford still in the wilderness? Hello, Ryan and Dave. I've been trying to figure out why Stanford has been struggling so much to find a new conference home. Yes, football and a little bit of men's basketball drives everything because of TV money. But shouldn't overall athletic success be worth something? Anson Dorrance, the longtime UNC women's soccer coach, 21 NCAA championships, coached Mia Hamm, Said last week that he opposed Stanford and Cow joining the ACC because he wanted them to "quote die on the vine," sp- specifically stating that he wanted to harm Stanford as a competitor who themselves have won three NCAA women's soccer titles since 2018. I thought this was eye-opening, with such a prominent coach stating publicly before before being forced to dial it back the next day that bringing a good program into the ACC was inherently bad. Here's my hypothesis. The athletic success of new potential conference addition is actually of negative value, as it takes away opportunities for existing schools to win games and titles. Forget about Stanford's other sports having no value. In reality, those sports are actually harming Stanford's conference future. The same is true for football and men's basketball, except that winning attracts viewers, and thus schools are willing to accept tougher competition in return for more TV dollars. What conferences really want from new schools are popular, interesting teams, or teams from major metropolitan areas, that suck at football. Hello, Colorado and Rutgers, but in the absence of such holy grails, they'll settle for USC. Though bringing along a lesser performing UCLA is a benefit. What do you think? Does this align with Dave's secret desire to see USC go 0 and 12 and become a national embarrassment? Imagine the TV ratings. Keep it meh,
2: Matthew. I think there's some. I think it's a good point. Like, so I don't know how good like some of the ACC schools are, like say at men's tennis, but like Stanford's really good, right? I believe. They're good at most everything. Um, or even like, say, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Like, I don't know how good they are in tennis, but USC, UCLA, like, they've won championships in tennis, men's and women's tennis and stuff. Do they just come in and wipe the floor with them or, like, beach volleyball? Like, I, I mean, stuff like that. You're like, what? we're adding these teams and like, oh, we, we did a nice little conference tournament and, yeah, we weren't going to win a national championship. But now you're adding this team that, Wins national championships in a sport that you guys are okay at. Well, you're going to get creamed in the regular. I mean, there's going to be a clear. You know, I, I would see Stanford going in the ACC. There's probably where maybe it's more competitive in the the Pac Pac-12 with some of these sports. Like if you're playing water polo, like you're not competing. You know, or any of those. Sports. I don't even know if they do. But yeah, maybe that's a negative. And you know, North Carolina's soccer tradition is like unparalleled. But Stanford's been really good lately. Do you want them? You know. Like, it was like if you were adding UConn to your to the Big 12, um, you know, oh, do I want UConn women's basketball coming in and, like, you know, dominating? Obviously, like, Baylor's been good and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see some validation to that. I don't, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Uh, I think it's um, – I mean, I don't think Olympic sports really matter one way or the other, uh, to be totally honest. Um, but I think for – Essentially, a soft case has to be made for schools that are not um, major TV draws, which is sort of the deal with Stanford and Cal. And the soft case against them, like if you're if you're NC State and you're not really sure whether you want these schools and you pull your coaches, yeah, I mean, do you really want highly competitive Stanford in your league and all of these other yeah, things? Yeah, they win
2: national championships on like yeah.
1: everything every year. No, you don't. And I think Anson Dorrance is probably speaking the the truth, which is... No, I hope that program dies because they're actually competing with me and kicking my ass a little bit the last few years. Yeah, because um, coaches are, uh, by and large, uh, at the highest levels of college athletics, sociopaths. Uh, <laughs> they don't care. They they just want to win, 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 win. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, and for USC and UCLA, it's not as if I mean USC is. Uh, borderline sleeping giant right now. Like they've, uh, Lincoln Riley's got them juiced up a little bit, uh, this year and last, but, uh, it's been, it's been a hot minute since USC was really good. Yeah. Um, and so I think for Ohio state and Michigan, would it be a different deal if they had an opportunity to pull in USC, say in 2005, would they have been so gung ho for them jumping into the big 10 then? I don't know. I think they still would have, cause it brought in a lot of money, but I don't know. Um, and I think for UCLA, I mean, it's been a been a been a bit a bit of a longer minute. But I don't know that they would have been as juiced to bring them in in 1998 as they are right now. Yeah, they bring in a lot of money, and they've uh, been inconsistent at best um, in their in their football performance. So, I do think there's validity to what Matthew's saying. Uh, I don't know how much it pertains to the Olympic sports, though.
2: All right, uh, we had one uh, YouTube question. Uh, From Hugo, have either of you tried the new uh, Stone Fight on Pale Ale? Uh, So, like, they have a. We're seeing schools get branded um, beers. I think I might have a picture of this. Uh, Have you tried any of those? I haven't tried the Stone. I'm going to steal a joke, but you ready for it? Yeah, here. I've already tried the uh, Stone
1: uh, USC beer, beer. It's called Arrogant Bastard. Nice. I do like Arrogant
2: Bastard, actually. Yeah, I bet you do. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I put a put it up, up on the screen there. I have not tried it yet, Hugo. but there's does UCLA have one? No. I don't know if there's other Pac twelve schools. They probably do. Like it's kind of becoming a thing. Like for NIL or whatever, you get branded beers, money goes to the players. Yeah, get drunk and help the players. Love it. Yeah.
6: So we go. I have not Full tried it. proof.
2: I have not tried it yet, but yeah. uh maybe I will at some point. All right, well that's gonna wrap things up. Um wrap it up. David David Woods. I still got, I'm going to do an interview with a uh, a writer that covers Nevada. It's hard when you when you play a team, when you know, the team you cover plays a team that's not very well covered. It's usually hard to find like a beat right. writer. Uh, found a guy, Chris Murray, so I'm going to talk to him. Um, it's like Nevada Sports Network or something like that. And we're doing our live show tonight, 5 p.m., right as the Utah kicks off. So we're going to do our USC Nevada preview show. And I'm gonna tell you a little secret. The reason why is because I've got an eight o'clock fantasy football draft, so I had to do the show early. But I wanted to watch the end of the Utah game anyway. So I'll miss the I'll have the, the game on here. Uh and then watch Arizona State later on too. So um I want to be able to watch the end of the game. hmm. Do you think it'll be close? Yeah. I don't think I kind of think In the first half before Utah beats that ass. Beats some ass. All right. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. We did all of our picks against the spread. Uh, Make sure you go check out my bookie promo code Pac-12 for a deposit bonus. Um, Yeah. Anything else, David? I think we're good.
1: I'm great. I feel wonderful. I feel uh, refreshed. I feel uh, all my anxieties have blown away. My level of nervousness is uh, at the lowest level it's been in some months. Uh, I feel great. I feel like a new man.
2: The wind is blowing my sails. Um, just ready. I'm ready, too. Pacto football, we got it here. First of all, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I think we had over 110 people watching live. That's amazing. That's just so cool. Uh, sticking with us for like almost two hours. That's uh, David David Woods over there. I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show.